Hi, I am Sarah Noble, your host for the Modern Day Intuitive Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been on a spiritual journey, searching, learning, expanding, and growing. I've traveled the world, led by my heart, on a quest to know myself so that I can support others. This podcast was created from my deep desire to help you connect with your intuition and to inspire you to create a life where the impossible becomes possible and you live into your sacred dreams and desires. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hello, my loves. Welcome to Magical Moments. Today, I have something a little bit different for you. I got to have a beautiful conversation with Lori Seitz. And Lori is an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster, and she is on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what is going on. And she is the CEO of Zen Rabbit and is nationally recognized as a gratitude and meditation expert. So Lori and I had this really just beautiful and winding conversation where we looked at all sorts of wonderful things. We talked about trading up and sacrificing the illusion of your life for the bigger dream, the bigger life. We talked about how we say we're fine, but what this really means. We talk about finding your purpose and taking steps in that direction and surviving versus thriving, escaping and numbing and how it's okay to feel uncomfortable on this journey, that that is really growth. Feeling your feelings, rewiring your brain with gratitude, and believing that you are worth the risk for everything that you want in your life. So sweet loves, enjoy my conversation with Lori. Hi, Lori. It's so good to be with you today. I'm so excited to be here and having this conversation, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. I uh, was very excited when I was looking at your website and reading a little bit to get to know you, just seeing how many similarities we had in common with being both born in January, Capricorns, and how we're both firstborn children. And then here we are on this journey about really living into the truth of who we are. And giving up so much in order to be here doing this and reading your story really spoke to me in that space. Yeah, it's interesting when you say giving up because it is a trade-off, but it's tra- it's kind of like you're trading up. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily seem like that at the moment when you are letting go of whatever it is you're letting go of you're just kind of following in faith that it's going to be better. But you can't always see that in the moment. Yeah, I found it was like one baby step at a time and this big unknown out in front of me that was scary a lot of the time, you know, and trading up at the time, you're just going on faith that that's what it's going to be. And I think too, like, it's this, like, it comes from my heart. I don't know about you where it's not like about everything being better. It's about everything being more alive. Yes. Which I think translates to being better because being more alive is, I mean, that's our soul's journey, right? It's always wanting to expand and grow. And when we're not expanding and growing, we feel like we're stagnating. And that's where that whole concept of, in my program of everything's fine, it's fine. And (laughs) you could go on and live that life, but that's not really what your soul desires for you. 
Yeah. And I love how you say like fine is a four letter word. And I've heard it where fine is an acronym for feelings inside not expressed. So when anybody says they're fine, I, it's just like a red flag, like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard several acronyms for that word. And when I use it in my programs and my podcast, it doesn't stand for anything other than we live in a society where people walk around and are conditioned to just say everything's fine when it's not. There's a dumpster fire going on and they're walking by going, don't, no, don't look. There's nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how we were talking about better. I think in that space, right? It's like, yes, life gets better. But my journey, it's not like this idea that everything's just going to always go the way you want it. Mm. Life still happens, right? Like we still have things that happen to us that are hard and challenging. And there's a lot of emotion around where I find this journey leads is that there's like a resilience inside us as a, a capacity to hold it all so that we navigate life from this space that just allows for more without getting totally sucked into the chaos. Yeah. It's really about grounding yourself. And, you know, this is what, this is my mission is to, to teach the world to be calm and grounded, no matter what's going on around them. It's, because when you say, when we're stepping into the new thing and we think it's going to be better, it's not necessarily going to be better instantly. It could get worse. It oftentimes it does. And that is, it's hard to deal with. It's scary. It makes you question, okay, wait, did I do the right thing? It's getting worse now. Maybe I should go back to safety. The thing to keep in mind is that as you keep moving forward, it gets a little bit better, a little bit better. Like you were talking about speed steps. It's incremental. You have, again, trusting that every step you take is moving you toward something bigger, more expansive, more true for who you are. Yeah. And in your journey, like what was that? What was the thing that kept you taking the next step? Part of my journey was that I left a 22-year marriage and we'd been together for almost 30 years. I left that. And because everything was fine, <laughs> there was no abuse. There was nothing really horrible other than the relationship was no longer serving either one of us. And we could have both stayed in it forever, but that's not what I believe life is about. It's not about surviving. It's about thriving and what else is possible. And so part of my journey is that I decided and I initiated that, that move. And it's, I mean, opportunities have opened up that I could have never imagined as well as dealing with a lot of guilt and shame. And uh, what's the word? Just disappointment, anger, frustration, resentment, mostly towards myself, not towards him at all. But yeah, I mean, guilt was the biggest piece of that and having to work through, okay, this is, this is what happened. And I can carry that around, you know, like a, like baggage forever, or I can have grace with myself and forgive that we did the best we could. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that live in that place, right? Like we're just, it's fine. It's okay. There's nothing wrong. 
And that's another way where our stories line up again is that I left a 10-year marriage, 12-year relationship for a bigger life. Like there's there's more like that, that part of us in me, it's like my soul is yearning. Like it it was just tapping at me. And then it got louder and louder and louder until I actually did something about it. Yeah. And then it's taking all that and making what in the Andean traditions we call medicine with it. Like that is the thing we're here to be in the world. Right. Hearing that inner voice that's telling you there is more or there is something else. It's not necessarily even more. It's it's just something else. Something different is is your calling. And then it takes a tremendous amount of courage to step out and follow it. Yeah. And I found that as I turned and faced the thing, whatever the thing was that day (laughs) that was telling me that I couldn't do this, I shouldn't do this, oh my goodness, what will happen? Every time I turned to face that, it was like I built a muscle that carried me forward and got a little stronger and a little stronger. And I heard my intuition more and the things got lighter and things got not necessarily easier. I feel like I always am walking through the fire, (laughs) Mm. but they got more fun. Like there was more space inside of everything, more gratitude, more joy, more place for the truth of who I am to live as opposed to fitting into this description of somebody I didn't even recognize anymore. Yeah, I think, and that happens to a lot of people, especially we're approaching midlife and we're looking at the life experiences that we've been through and the life experiences that are happening around us or, you know, parents are passing away, kids, I don't, and I, we, we talked about this before we started recording, but I don't have any children, but a lot of my friends, their children are growing up and moving out and aren't needing them in the same way anymore. And that's when we really start examining what, how do I want to live my life now moving forward? Even if the last, whatever, 20, 25, 30 years, they were fine. Now, what do I want moving forward? And reevaluating, I really dislike the term midlife crisis because I just think it's a wrong term, but it is more of an evaluation. Yeah, I agree with you. It it can reach like crisis point for some people. So I, I get where the term comes from, but like you, I see it as like a midlife expansion. Like I'm mm. truly expanding into the person that I'm. I came here to be. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so like how how does my whole life expand with me? And it's really like you said, we evaluate what's in our life, what's not working, and what needs to be sacrificed for the person that I want to and am becoming. Yeah, that's an interesting term, that term sacrifice because a lot of times people hear that word and they think it means giving up something that they want. And it is giving up something, but it's an exchange for something like better or bigger or more fulfilling. It's like if you are, you know, if you want to get in better health, for example, you may have to sacrifice the time that you spend, some of the time that you spend sitting on the couch watching Netflix because you have to get up and move. And take a walk or, you know, go to the gym or do whatever it is that you are 
wanting to do to improve your health. So you're sacrificing time in front of the TV, perhaps. But when you look at it that way, it becomes less of a sacrifice because you're actually taking that and turning it into something more productive or healthier. Yeah. And I, I look at it like, what are you choosing? Yes. And we oftentimes like choosing to sit on the couch to watch Netflix is an escape. It's a distraction. There's mm-hmm. something that we have to feel <laughs> that we're not wanting to feel. And so therefore we're watching Netflix. But what we really do want to choose is better health. But in that space, we have to be willing to feel what's the thing that's keeping us from choosing what we really want. And I think there's some sacrifice in that, right? Like sacrificing sort of what we believe about ourselves, or a program we're running or a story that we tell ourselves, in order to have the thing we want and move in the direction that life is pushing us, essentially. I feel it like gently, not mm-hmm. that pushing like you know, going against something where it's a fight, but more like a a nudging, like this is where you want to go. (laughs) It's really, as I'm just thinking, it's really, you're sacrificing the illusion. Yes. Yeah. Sacrificing the illusion and the story that you've told yourself that may or may not be true. That's probably not true. Cause if you're trying to think of how to get sacrifice it, it's not true. Yeah. And those stories are so familiar and like a warm, cozy blanket so often, mm-hmm. but, but they're not helping really. They're just keeping us in the same space. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's comfortable and it's familiar, but it's not beneficial. Yeah. There's when we want to grow, there's that space of where we're going to get uncomfortable. And the question arises of, do I want to be uncomfortable or do I want to be comfortable in the uncomfortable place I am right now that I know so well, (laughs) or do I want to get uncomfortable in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies ahead? Yeah. What was that quote? And I just saw it recently about being uncomfortable in growth or uncomfortable in regret. Ooh, Something, yeah, I, I completely paraphrased that, but <laughs> I, it was still good. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so it's just a matter of comfortable in the moment or uncomfortable now and more comfortable later, or comfortable now and uncomfortable later. Yeah, because in both those places, right? I think it's we were talking a little bit about this before, like feeling feelings, mm-hmm. and whether we are suppressing the feelings then the feelings we have are usually the guilt and the shame for not doing something different. And then if we're making the choice to move in the other direction, we've got a bunch of feelings over there to feel too. So either way, it's uncomfortable. (laughs) But one at least moves you forward in the direction you want to go. I think a lot of people I talk to, clients, people, guests on my podcast, talk about this whole idea of feeling emotions and being raised in families that did not allow for emotions. So they grew up not having, not knowing that emotions were a thing. And that's where it comes to the whole burying emotions and living kind of like, uh, what are those birds that stick their head in the sand and the ostrich. (laughs) ostrich, (laughs) Yeah. But not even being aware that 
that emotions are a thing. And it always that I find it always comes back to bite them in some, some fashion. And one of the guests on my podcast had used the analogy of holding a beach ball underwater. You can only do it for so long before it pops up and hits you in the face. That's how it is when you're suppressing emotion. Yeah. And I feel like for, gosh, a number of generations, that was the norm. Like you just didn't feel. I myself wasn't taught that I had emotions and that I was allowed to feel them. Maybe like excited and happy were okay if I wasn't Mm -hmm. like too excited and happy and, you know, running around crazy. (laughs) But other than that, maybe I could cry, but don't cry for too long. You know, like it was very interesting and you Uh just stuff it all inside. And then all of a sudden as an adult, you're wondering why your life isn't working. (laughs) Right, right. Because you're not allowing yourself to be human. Yeah which is really what emotions are about. They're not, and a lot of people were taught that expressing emotions means you're weak Mm -hmm. when it's really the opposite and that being vulnerable is where you're strongest. And it's also your connection point to other people. It allows other people to connect to you at all and deeply, both when you allow yourself to be vulnerable. I'm still working on that, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I believe that's probably a lifelong thing, right? Like it's a it's part of the journey cuz yeah, I'm there with you like I'm so much more open now and see the value of the vulnerability and still it's hard because it's it's fully being seen. Mhm. And all those parts of us we still want to hide that we don't believe are good enough or people won't love or they they still circulate underneath there. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about gratitude, you and I, and this is where I feel is a beautiful place for gratitude because as we learn to process our emotions and as we learn that there's value to feeling them, I've experienced that there comes a threshold where we've uncovered a lot of them. But then what happens is we get stuck in this recycling place where we start to be caught in emotions only because we've practiced them. And our life doesn't really represent this level of sadness anymore. Like we've changed, we've grown, we have lots of things, and yet we're still recycling this sadness emotion. And in that place, what I found is that it's just something we've practiced. And that's where rewiring the brain with gratitude, I found immense like growth in that place. Mm, that's really interesting that, that I've never really thought about getting stuck in those emotions because they're so familiar, but that makes sense now that you say it. Yes. Yeah. Well, gratitude is the highest energetic place you can reach with up there with love. And one of the the highest emotion. So on an emotional scale or emotional ladder, those emotions you're talking about. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of the emotion, not a judgment. It's just that some of the emotions are, don't feel as good. And some emotions have a higher energetic vibration to them. So when you are down at the bottom of the scale, feeling anger, frustration, resentment, shame, it's, can I reach one rung higher? You know, you're not expected to go from the bottom all the way to the top in one fell swoop, 
but can I reach one step higher? Can I find one thing to be grateful for? Can I see some gratitude in this whatever sad or frustrating situation and just reaching for one step up, like we were talking about in the beginning, one small step? Where Mm -hmm. can you find the gratitude? And that doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean shutting down and pretending that you're not feeling the, the sad emotions. It's just combining it with, okay, I'm feeling sad, but I'm grateful. I have a friend who has a shoulder I can cry on, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I have a comfortable bed. I can lie here and cry in whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's powerful to be able to, to do that, to really flip the brain. And what's helped me in this place is having this bigger understanding of the collective and the the consciousness we share and that a lot of these emotions swirl around in the collective and we just borrow them. We share them all. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that sadness or frustration, again, it's something I've practiced, but I'm caught in the collective. And so even though it feels so real, like it's mine, if I can remember that maybe it's not so personal, that maybe right now I'm borrowing from my neighbor, say, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's a shared experience because humanity, like being a human is a shared experience and we share everything. Mm -hmm. And when I can depersonalize it and then take it to like the scientific place also of, oh, I want to rewire my brain for gratitude and positivity. And I use that to help pull me out of the place I'm stuck in. Then my bed with the clean sheets that's so soft and comforting, I can really feel the gratitude for it because I've taken away like the the spark or the the fuse that is keeping me stuck in that emotion. Yeah, taking the charge out of it. And at the same time, when you're saying reaching for some gratitude in the collective experience, when you do that as an individual, you are also affecting the collective. Even in a, if it's very small, it's the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And so you start being able to pull everybody else up. Yeah. And that's making me think, you know, how we were talking about turning towards and having courage. There's, there's that piece threaded through there too. Like if I find that it's challenging in this moment for me, if I think about the bigger picture, that I'm not just turning towards and facing and finding courage for me, but I'm finding it for humanity, sometimes that can push me as well. Because again, it's not so personal. Then I can say, wow, this is this is helping my family. This is helping my friends. This is helping the planet. All of a sudden, I'm not alone. Yeah, it definitely helps create that connectedness. There's, you've heard the term that misery loves company. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to stay wallowing in that. And it is also easy once you start practicing it to step away from it and go, no, I'm not going to participate in this collective wallowing. I'm going to step out and find some gratitude. And there are some exercises that I teach my clients because it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, just find some gratitude. Well, exactly. How do you do that? Especially if you don't feel like you were born a naturally grateful person or you've, it's been 
societally conditioned out of you. Yeah. You're making me think of this experience I had with my kids and I got all flustered one day and I ran in my closet to go sit and breathe, which is what I do when I need to like mm -hmm. take a, a mommy time out. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in there fighting inside myself, part of me wanting to have fun with them because they're like poking at the door, like, is she going to come out? What's she doing in there? And there's this <laughs> desire in me, right, to run out of the closet like a monster and chase them. And the other part of me is telling me like, no, you need to be mad right now. You, you know, there's nothing to be grateful for. You sit in here and breathe. And it was like a war going on inside me. And it felt like a tanker turning on the ocean was the screeching that was inside me. And finally, you know, it took a couple minutes, but I reached for the part of me that wanted to run out of the closet. Okay. And I, I grabbed it and I ran out of the closet and it shifted everything. But like telling that story to say like, yeah, it's not always easy to find gratitude. I had to severe, like really be committed to choosing it in that moment because the other side wanted to take me down. Yes. And I'm wondering as you're, you're telling this story, if you had run out of the closet in the very instance that you thought of doing it before you stopped to evaluate, do I want to, would that have been too soon and not allowed you to really process the anger that you needed that extra beat or extra, you know, 30 seconds to go, all right, I'm going to feel this and then I'm going to run out of the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that war was like the warrioress in me coming up and being like, yeah, we're going to feel it all. And then, you know, making that choice. Yeah. There is such value in allowing that to happen. Cause the other way, as I see it, like you're saying, it could have just bypassed it. Right. You yeah. distracted yourself by going, oh, I'm going to run out of the closet and be a monster. Like now you just distracted yourself from feeling the feelings. Yeah. You gave yourself the gift of feeling the feelings and then deliberately choosing to change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a process like it hasn't been that hard since. Like that was what was so fascinating to me. Like I rewired something in my brain in that one choice that I made. And I'm not saying it's easy now to choose the gratitude every mm -hmm. time or to, but something shifted in me from that one experience that has really changed the way that I am in those moments. It, it is actually a rewiring of the brain. You know, we're using this term, but it is physically, that is what happens in the brain. The neurocircuitry sends signals in a different way than it was sending them the day before. And it's fascinating to me because we talk about these concepts of gratitude and feeling emotions and positivity and all of that. It, it does, there's science and research behind how it actually rewires the brain. It's, I'm so fascinated. If I were, you know, in a different life, come back as a brain scientist. I'm just <laughs> fascinated by how it all works. It wasn't, that wasn't my path for this life, but I am fascinated by it. Yeah. That's another way our stories line up. <laughs> I love talking about it. And then I say, but I'm not a scientist, you know, like this is just my sort of layman's way of understanding it, but it really has moved the needle on my life and my clients' lives. And like, it goes back to that piece too, where I find it's less personal where I don't get caught in sort of the muckiness of things. Like I can feel and then I can rewire. And it's like, it makes it, 
Like one of my patterns was making myself wrong, Mm -hmm. which I think is a very human shared experience at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it did really help with that, right? Where it's not like I'm doing something wrong or there's something wrong with me. This is just my brain has been taught and practiced in this one way. Ooh, what about this other way? Like this is available to me, right? And it's, it's, it's not so personal was my journey with it. Yeah. It's, it's making, first of all, opening yourself to learn that there are other ways to become aware that there are other ways. And then when you're aware that there are other ways, bringing it into yourself, like, oh, okay, there are other ways. And I could choose to follow those other ways or to use those other ways. Like not just that, oh, there is another way. It's possible for me to incorporate that other way into my thinking. It's a couple steps there. Yeah, I see them like they're these tools, like these tangible things that we can do in that space where we we start to feel a little lost or like the world is spinning and things are starting to get chaotic. It's like, here's an anchor. Here's this tool. Here's this process. Yeah. And when we're talking about this right now, it can be very easy for somebody who's listening to go, okay, you're making it sound really easy. Like just choose the tool, open the toolbox and pick out a tool. <laughs> and it is not like that at all. We, I realize that um, it is, you know, and this is why working with counselors or therapists or coaches or whomever can help is so important because it is not often something that we can recognize in ourselves. I've done a ton of work with different um, practitioners to, to uncover all of this stuff and to take these steps. It's, it's not necessarily something that you can see yourself. You know, we have our own blind spots where it's a lot easier for us to see them in other people. And it's not always easy for us to see our own. Yeah. And I agree. I'm, I'm supported and have been for years on this journey because we, we can't see ourselves. Other people reflect for us. And when we have somebody that is in our, like on our team and on our side and is really working with us to help us on this journey of evolution, it's, it's really a phenomenal experience to be able to support each other in this way. I agree. You bring up a good point here too, that or you didn't actually say it, but I'm going <laughs> to tease it out a little bit further. This is again, also why it's important to get, to work with people who have not just your best interest, your friends will have your best interest at heart. But when you are talking to friends about some of these things and not a professional or somebody who is trained to really be objective with you, sometimes it brings up issues in friends or family members that they don't want to look at. And or it threatens, if you're growing, it threatens them and their comfortable place. So a lot of times friends are not the best um, reflection for you. And that's why I always recommend people use somebody who's more objective. Yeah. It's, you know, on that thread, I've heard it in the way of like, when your friends, like when, when we start to grow, it can change our relationships, our friends, our family. And what's happening is like, basically you're killing the person that they love one Mm -hmm. little piece at a time. Mm -hmm. And they're terrified because you're changing and you're not the same person anymore. And to them, they, they see that as you're dying to them. So it's very common 
that things change on this journey. And that's that's part of it. That's again, back to that sacrifice piece, right? Sacrificing what's not working for what you would love, like really living that life that you love and that you're excited to get up out of bed every day to live in. Yeah, it's, it is such a challenge though to let go of everything you've known or even not even everything, anything that you've known to take a risk that you're going to achieve what you would ultimately like, that your life is going to be the most joyful, successful, happy version that you see in your mind if you let go of this and make that sacrifice. Because you want a definite guarantee. You're like, okay, I don't want to let go until I am on the other other side of this. But you can't get to the other side (laughs) unless you let go. Yeah, and I love that you use the word risk because for me, it it comes back to you are worth the risk, right? Like that's that's the essential piece. You're worth the risk to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in all of this, when you're doing this, it's really helpful to remember that in the overall scheme of things, if in how I believe the universe works, is you can't make a mistake. Any choice you make is the right one because if you were not supposed to make that choice, it wouldn't have been available or you wouldn't have decided it. So whatever choices you have made, they were always the right ones. And whatever choices you are making now are absolutely the right ones. It, it's We like to deliberate and weigh out and, we'll, and run like squirrels. You know, should I be on this side of the road, the other side of the road? Which way, where should I go? And stuck in the middle. And the truth is, whatever choice you make, it will be the right one. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. Like you're always on the path. You cannot get it wrong. Like whatever you choose, spirit put that in front of you. Like, you know, you can't get it wrong. Just take the next step and it will unfold. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at it as more of an adventure than you know, stepping into landmines, like where, where is this adventure taking me now? Yeah. A little easier, (laughs) a little, a little easier, a little, it brings more fun, right? Like it can be. And that's, that's a really like key component with gratitude, right? Is that fun as well? Like making things not so serious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Finding the gratitude. Um, it's kind of a game. It could become a game when we're talking about having fun of finding the gratitude in situations that you, you're like, wow, I don't see any gratitude here. Well, can you find a shred? Where can you find some and start looking? Because you're always going to find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for something Mm -hmm. to be grateful for, you will find it. If you're looking for things to complain and criticize about, you'll find that too. So true. Yeah. It's your world is of your making. Mm -hmm. What you believe is what you see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lori, as we wrap up, is there any last little nugget that you'd love to leave us with? <laughs> oh boy, we've covered so much good stuff here today. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's just about finding the courage, get it first of all, getting to a place where you can hear that your own inner voice. We're so inundated with the opinions and voices of people outside of ourselves. But what is it that your own inner voice is telling you to do? Get quiet enough to hear that and trust, even if it 
telling you to do something that doesn't seem logical or that seems scary or crazy, if that's truly what you're hearing to do, follow that. That's going to lead you to your joy. Yes. I I totally agree. <laughs> it's that that intuition, right? That part of us that knows following our heart. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That intuition will never lead you wrong as long as you pay attention to it. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Lori, for such a great conversation. My pleasure, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being here today and making your personal and spiritual growth a priority in your life. To learn more about connecting with your dreams and your intuition so that you can create a life full of possibilities, visit me at www.sarahnoble.com and see how we can create magic together. A big thank you from my heart to yours for making the planet a better place for us all.